0: friends, and welcome to the Lean In Podcast. My name is Ellen Rank, and I am your host. I am a health and lifestyle coach obsessed with setting goals and making them happen. And I'm on a mission to learn everything I can about fitness, health, nutrition, mindset, lifestyle hacks, productivity. Honestly, you name it, I wanna know about it, and I'm bringing you with me. So if you're ready to lean in, I think we should get started. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Lean In Podcast. I am here with Sinchana, and we are going to talk today about connecting to yourselves, about not giving up your power when it comes to health and fitness and being an advocate. Advocate and advocate for your own health and body. (laughs) I'm so, so John, I'm so caught up in pronouncing your name right that, like, I can't (laughs) pronounce any other words correctly. I (laughs)
1: totally understand.
0: Well, welcome and thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting.
0: Yes. So, we were just talking before we started recording about what we wanted to hit and what we wanted to talk about today. And a lot of it has to do with our power as people and how we tend to give up that power when it comes to anything health and fitness, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I, um, I personally think that for a very, very long time I gave my power up specifically to food, but also I was coached a lot when I was younger and coaches always knew everything that I didn't know. And so it became very easy for me to not really think for myself, and just to do everything that I was told and as I became like an adult and a human being that needed to make decisions for myself, it made it really, really hard and it's my understanding that this is what you help people with, right?
1: yeah, so um i'm just I just want to like encourage people to connect inwards and like figure out how to do you boo like do what works for you just because even at a young age I totally agree with you I was in the same boat I played a lot of sports and I was taught very much that like the coach knows everything and at the end of the day they they don't nobody knows what you feel in your body except for you and as we grow up being told to shut off what we know we end up with this whole disconnect in a world that's on like yo-yo diets and doing exercises that end up injuring them and just, just a whole mishmash of things that don't help you be yourself. Yeah. I like a hundred
0: percent. I, I totally relate to that. And it's hard though. It's hard when, like you said, we're taught to sort of shut off our feelings and it's almost like put up or shut up, just listen to what you need to do. Like, if you eat these things, you will get skinny. Or if you do these workouts, you will get the abs that you want. And you work out six days a week really hard, even though your body's telling you maybe that you shouldn't be working out that harder. You don't eat the carbs because you, some coach told you that carbs are bad, even though your body's like, Jesus, like, give me some carbs. Like, I need them. And it's, it's just very difficult to find your way back to a place where you can actually hear your body when you've told it to be quiet for so long?
1: 110%, like more than that. Yeah. <laughs> even more than that. Um, True math. <laughs> free math. Like we can go over. Um, like, yes, 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 yes. So, like we have, we are told and we are in this bubble of like you do what you're told and you do it and that's it. And unfortunately we end up in a situation where while things are happening, we don't even pay attention to any of the signals our body gives. Like we wait until there's like a drastic pain. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh shoot, I have been overworking myself or oh shoot, I have been doing things the wrong way and I've been using the wrong form and I've been whatever. And I think that we need to step back and like, just reincorporate Like, how do I feel really, really slowly, a little at a time, so that we can get back to that knowing. Because I, I do think the problem with our society a lot of the time is that that whole like, workout six days a week and eat whatever because you're told to do it, we're so muffled up that we don't know whether it's that we're being lazy or that our body's telling us to take a break. Like we don't understand the difference between discomfort and pain. Discomfort is when you're in like a new zone and you're in a new space and you're you're not comfortable, but it feels really good afterwards 99.9% of the time. Whereas pain is just pure bad for us. And like the whole no pain, no gain in the fitness industry drives me crazy. Discomfort, yes push out that last push-up. If it's with good form in particular, push it out even though it's like really, really painful. But you know what, that's like one, you know, maybe five seconds if you do it really, really slowly, and then you're in a better place for it. But crank out 20 of those, and your back sagging, and your shoulders are caving together, and you're bouncing yourself off the ground, you're literally gonna end up with back pain, wrist injuries, shoulder pain, neck issues like literally the list goes on and on Mm -hmm. so there's the difference between the two of doing something that's uncomfortable and it's not ideal for that particular second and doing something that's hurting you and we can't like we're so disconnected from our bodies that we can't tell which one's lazy and I don't even like that word but I'm just using it because I feel like a lot of people relate to it I know a lot of people that I speak to say you know, well, I, mm-hmm. I if I don't work out six days a week, I'm I'm being lazy, or like I just didn't go to the gym today because I was lazy, and they don't like. Yeah, sometimes like I don't feel like it, and it is sort of like a. a, a mm-hmm. Again, I don't like the word lazy. Yeah. So I'm gonna use the word distracted. I'm distracted by social media or whatever it is, and therefore I get out of my zone, and I don't want to work out. And then there's days where my body's like, no, man, you need to chill. And I need to listen to it. And one, I need to push. And the other one, I need to be like, "Mm, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to take a step back, have a breather, maybe have a sauna.
0: (laughs) Maybe have a sauna. Maybe have a massage. No, that's so true. But it, And I'm sure people listening are like, yeah, okay, that's all in great. But how the hell am I supposed to know between the two? I I mean I know for a really long time I felt that way specifically when I was starting to compete in crossfit and I was working out 2 to 3 times a day like at least 5 days a week like not eating enough and I ended up herniating a disc in my back that was probably herniated for like a long time before I actually like took a second to listen to my body and the fact that it was frigging hurting and did not want to be doing everything that I was doing. But it's like you said, the no pain, no gain, the athlete mentality, the better than yesterday is so prevalent in society. And so how for you, if you're working with someone or helping someone that like has never listened to their body before, how do you even begin to notice signs when you're so far away from anything that your body's been trying to tell you?
1: Um, Honestly, I would say utilizing journaling is probably like the number one, the most underrated thing. And And I think people don't put it together with health and fitness Mm -hmm. like people put it together with mental health really easily I think they're very much like a synonymous where people are like oh yeah like journal for your mental health for sure yeah self-care hashtag whatever but as soon as it comes to health and fitness people are like well no I'm just gonna lift this much or I'm gonna follow this program or I'm gonna do whatever or I'm gonna eat x amount of calories because that's what my app or whatever says so um and I think that Finding yourself like a simple question to ask every single morning or night, depending. And just sitting with that question for, and repeating the beauty and repetition is crazy to me. I crave it to a certain extent because I love love seeing the different results and the way that your body progresses as you do this. Um, But just asking yourself a question of like, on a scale of 1 to 10 where is my energy this morning and why do i think that is and then set a timer for 5 minutes don't look at anything else don't look at social media and just write and then at the end of the week go through and start to pinpoint where things were happening maybe you notice that monday wednesday and friday your energy was like dead like there was none there and then you th- look at the journal entries and throughout you've got like a theme of i didn't eat enough protein or i didn't or just i didn't eat enough or um i ate pizza the night before every single night or you know like there's these little subtle hints come up and take the time like take set aside like 10 minutes on a Sunday and go just do a quick read through. Like it takes two seconds to read through and kind of scan. Like you'll start notice the repeater words Mm -hmm. that you're using and then be like, Oh shoot, like pizza. Okay. I'm going to try not to eat pizza for the next week Mm -hmm. and continue asking yourself that question in the morning. Okay. Scale of one to 10. How do I feel? Mm -hmm. And then see if that trajectory has moved up a little bit or maybe you noticed a different pattern. Something else is going on. Okay. This week on Tuesday, and friday i felt like junk in the morning and on monday and thursday night I, I had coffee at 6 p.m. and just take the time to like really slowly like it's it's such minor work such minor tweaking but that's what it is that's what we're trying to notice within ourselves when something changes a little bit rather than waiting for that big surge of pain to come in that we're like oh shoot now i got to take care of this mm-hmm.
0: But what's really funny to me in listening to what you're saying because it's so valid and I think it's such good advice that like could be implemented today for a lot of people is that what I've come to find and personally and with like people that I'm coaching and that I'm working with is that doing the inner work for some reason even if it just is asking yourself one question a day and journaling it like people don't do it. And it's funny to me that and you know I'm not I'm not even throwing it on people like me, right? So I should I should journal every day. I could take 10 minutes and journal every day. For some reason that feels more I don't want to say taxing, but it's like it's harder for me to carve out that 10 minutes a day to journal, to do the inner work, to listen to my body than it is to find 90 minutes to go to the gym which is just crazy and i the more i think like the more and more that i i do sit down and journal and ask myself questions like you were saying people should ask the more i am in tune with my body the more my training actually feels better the more i can listen to myself when it comes to what i want to eat and what i want to do but it's just very interesting to me that there's that resistance and i think that there's probably a lot of people that can relate where they're just like oh like a journal like journaling you know they they picture a diary from when you're 16 and like you're pouring out all these feelings onto the paper and it's so important but there's so much resistance around it
1: I yeah <laughs> um, and I would to that I would say make it so it's so tiny that you can't like it's stupid not to do it mm-hmm. So make it instead of ten minutes, make it one minute, and make it like you refuse to go to bed until you do it for one minute. And like, who can't like? That's like one of those things where you're like, it's it's a minute. Like, of course I can sit down for a minute. Yeah, you know, like it feels silly, um, and utilize that as like a, a habit. And and the other thing I also find is habit trackers. They I find that it, there's something so satisfying about being able to be like, yes, I did that today. <laughs> Do the one minute, and you get the small win, and you get to check things off mm-hmm. a box every single day, and then increase that as you notice the benefit. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the other flip side of it, because I also I'm gonna come at it from the when I was really really out of tune with my body, the reason that I actually really love yoga is that. It forces you to be a little bit more in the moment, and we tend, like a lot of people, tend to come to it from a physical side. I personally was that person. Like, I would literally walk into a yoga class and be like, "My trainer told me I'm supposed to stretch, so give the stretch." And if anybody does any woo-woo shit, like, no, no, <laughs> like no internal self-talk, whatever. Like, literally, I want to sit in a forward fold. I want to stretch out. <laughs> whatever. Um, And eventually, I would even say doing something like that for, again, like a very small amount of time, two, three minutes before bed, but being silent and letting, like just observing your thoughts as you do it. Or, you know, like I've got, if you go to like my YouTube channel, I create a lot of series that are just like five minutes because I want people to get over that hurdle of doing things in the way that's, like I have to sit down for a 90 minute yoga class. Heck no. Like, I don't even do 90 minutes most days. I maybe do 90 minutes once a week, Mm -hmm. maybe once every two weeks. Most of the time, it's like 15, 20 minutes before or after my workout. And it's just that time to reconnect. And eventually, you start to get curious about those movements and about the things that are happening as you're like slowly moving through from pose to pose, transitioning, you start to notice where your knees are wobbling, where you're not connecting. On the right side, your abs are working, but on the left side, they're not. It's such a gradual thing that as you still your mind, you start to notice. And eventually then people transition into wanting to do the journaling and to do the other things. I think starting small is such a big, such a big thing. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's, it's so true, but in the same sense of, and I'm sort of like playing devil's advocate, but not because I think you're totally right. And I think that starting small, like with anything, it's like if you've never, if you haven't worked out your entire life, you probably shouldn't go to the gym for two hours every day for every week. right? Like you need to start small and dip your toes in. But especially for me and for, I think a lot of people that need this work, who have totally ignored maybe the mental side of things for so long because they've been so focused on the physical, we're like jump in people. We're diving, cannonball. If I'm going to journal, I'm going to journal for 30 minutes every day. And if I don't do it every day, then I'm not going to do it at all, which is, it's dumb. And I think that it's so true that if you can just start with a small step, even if it hurts you to only go small, like check your ego, right? And realize that you don't need to be the best. You don't need to do the most. And that a small amount of work is still a good amount of work.
1: I, yeah. Um, And and I got to say, I was in that boat for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not going to the gym for two hours, what is the point? Yeah. I'm not, if I'm not doing yoga for 90 minutes, what is the point? If I'm not sitting down and having like a day where I shut myself off from the world and journal and get, what is the point? The point is that you want to be able to be present and mindful of how much you move, of how much, what you eat, of all those things on a day-to-day basis, not just for those two hours at the gym, not just for that one hour of yoga. And Unfortunately, a lot of people have to wait until they hit that wall. And I was, I gotta say, I was pretty high up there. Like I was pretty dang close to that wall. Like I probably like, poke it. out. <laughs> yeah. But um unfortunately, a lot of people have to hit that wall in order to be like, okay, I've tried this 45 times. I've gotten to like day seven or day 10 of this 30 minutes of journaling or two hour workouts or, you know, 90, 90 days of yoga. I got to day 10 for every single day for every single, whatever. And I've then fallen off the bandwagon and not done it for a month. And it seems daunting to start over again. That's, I feel like that's the one of the biggest barriers that people don't even realize is they get super pumped and charged and excited for that first week to 10 days and they do it and they do the 30 minutes and they do the two hours and they do everything and then they hit that crash and burn Mm. and then it's not like okay well I missed today but I'm just gonna hop back on it tomorrow it's like well like it's Thursday today so I might as well start on Monday because like Monday is the start day and then it's like okay well it's like I miss the Monday, yeah. Like you know, but like I'll start. I'll start on Sunday. Like Sunday, Sunday will be my start day. And then you miss the Sunday, and it's like, well, you know, like it's just it's 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 the beginning of April. So or like it's the middle of April. So I'm gonna start at the beginning of May, and it just gets dragged out. And then eventually you're like, okay, beginning of May, I'm doing it, and you do it again for another seven to mm-hmm. ten days, and the cycle starts all over again. Like I've been there, and I've found that that small win is it's almost painful to do such a small portion, especially when you're like really charged and ready to go. Like, it's like, oh, but like, I can do another nine minutes. Why wouldn't I just do 10 minutes of journaling? But it's almost practicing that self-control of only doing the minute Mm -hmm. for the 30 days or the 60 days or however long you decide. Um, If you, I'm not sure how familiar you are with yoga, but there's something called tapas, which is like the fire. All right. Um, And they believe that if you tapas is like an action you set for yourself that you're going to do every single day and let's say I said I'm going to do 30 days of journaling and I only do 10 they believe in order to get over the hump that the next time you start now you need to do 60 days. Oh, because that you broke that promise with yourself Wow, you have negated like you've you know when somebody burns you in a way right like if a friend is continuously not showing up to lunches when they say they show up or they're super late or whatever it is it takes twice as long as they were bad like you know a bad friend or whatever for then trust them as a good friend wow (laughs) so yeah that's why the small wins out because you get to you get to that 30-day win
0: yeah. And it's and empowering. Following. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so power. I, I had never heard of tapas, except that it's a, it's the word for the appetizers that you can get in <laughs> Spain. <laughs> I'm like tapas, more tapas, please. Um, but it's so yeah. true. And I think that having that trust in yourself when you're starting something new, specifically when you're starting something new that is like diving deep into who you are and what you want and getting in touch with your body. But it's scary. And if you break that trust, it does suck. And it's almost like, well, how can I trust myself to do this again? Or how could I trust myself to stick with this if I didn't do it last time? You know, I need you need to prove it to yourself that you can be there. Um, And I think that that too goes along with making sure that the expectations that we have for what we're doing are reasonable and that we're not creating these grand expectations that then we're somehow not living up to that then put us in a bad mental state and almost force us off the wagon. Right? Like you can't think if I journal every day for a minute, somehow in two weeks, my entire life is going to be changed. It's like, if it was, that's really cool. And power to you. Like, Yeah, but you can't expect that. You need to go in almost with more of a curiosity than an expectation.
1: For sure. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. That's like 100% where you, you should be curious about your body and about what you're feeling and about the things you're numbing and about, like, there is so much numbing going on in our world. We ignore the things that we don't see immediately in front of us and even more so we ignore what's going on inside of us and for us to not have any tools to be like okay i've been doing this long enough how do i get back to myself it's kind of scary like i think that that's part of the reason that there's so much so many issues happening in the world to be perfectly honest with you is people are unaware of how unhappy they are like they don't even know it and this whole connection thing is you can connect inwards and then eventually start to change things slowly so that it's sustainable so that it's not a two-week cleanse of your body mind and soul it's a for the rest of your life style shift right
0: yeah which it's incredible to think about and i think that a lot of people who aren't there see people who are there and it's not even a mental recognition it's like you can feel like even talking to you like when you talk to someone who is in tune with themselves when you talk to someone who like has that energy and that light because they've they've found themselves and they can trust and feel and understand their body it's almost like your soul is like it wants that and so i think that there's something inside all of us that that wants and that needs it and that's what I love about like the message that you're spreading and what you're trying to teach and give to people because even if you don't know it, chances are you're somehow numbing something and you're somehow telling your body to be quiet about something. And the more in tune you can get with yourself, like the happier you're gonna be. And if you're listening to this and you're like, nah, I got it, like I'm I'm totally good, you're probably wrong, and you're probably the one that like needs to hear this. So yeah, I just, I love all of this. And I, I think it's especially powerful for me right now being that like the last six months, I have been getting more in tune with my body and have sort of stepped away from needing to like be the best athlete I could be and physically like looking and being a certain way and being more okay with like getting inside myself rather than outside myself, um, so I just I absolutely love everything you're saying.
1: I'm um, glad. Yes. <laughs> <insert>. Right? <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I I agree with you. I also feel like there's a portion that scares people mm-hmm. as well. And um as a result, they end up sort of it, it triggered by the situation and those are the people that are hashtag no i'm gonna love my body the way that it is and i'm gonna sit down and eat a cheeseburger every single day and there's nothing wrong if you you know in that moment you're gonna enjoy that cheeseburger and you love it but if you're doing it every single day several times a day or several times a week or whatever maybe something to look at right like maybe there's a reason that you're drawn to something along those lines and and you're absolutely right there is um, not a single i have yet to meet and i've met some pretty incredible yogis who like that is like the tr- like practice of yoga is to try and get in tune with yourself essentially but i've met some phenomenal yogis who are super in tune with themselves they are still numbing somewhere mm-hmm. like it might be something super minor that they just haven't gotten to yet because they don't like it's not in their priority radar right now but they for sure every single one of us is numbing something you and I also feel like it's partially impossible to be completely aware all the time mm-hmm. right yeah
0: it's and and it's gonna change too I think there's no like mecca of figuring yourself out and once you're there you're there and then you can just glide on through life it's
1: no and anybody who thinks there is is or tells you there is like stop listening to them mm-hmm. <laughs> no it's true there, it's like a It's a forever moving line.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: unless you become Buddha and become enlightened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which if you do, please reach out to me. I would love to have a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) We
1: would like to hear from we would love to speak to the next Buddha. But um until that such point comes, we've still all got certain portions of work to do. And some people are just further along in that. Unfortunately, the really, really unfortunate thing is, is that people started at different starting points, Mm -hmm. like such different starting points. There are people who, when they were young, were so supported, so like taught to connect to themselves. And there are people who had to get to 20 something to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then they had to like, re like, take all the layers off that they've been like put under for the last 25 or however many years. And yeah, they're not gonna be as far along as the person that was you know, taught to be themselves from day, the minute they got out of the womb. Yeah.
0: And that's hard, I think, for a lot of people to realize. And I think that goes for anything. I mean, you can't, you, you can't look at someone else who's further along and get discouraged because you're not that far along. Sure. And it's, I mean, a quote that I love is comparison is the thief of joy. And it's while you can utilize comparison because it is innate within us to like leverage yourself and to grow for the most part, the majority of us use comparison negatively. And I love that you brought up that there There are different starting points for different people because it's so important when you start on this journey, like not to scroll through Instagram and be like, "She's so in tune with herself, and I'm not." And then you start this downward spiral of feeling bad about yourself and feeling bad about where you're at. Like, no, cut that shit out. Like, you you can get there if that's what you really want, but you have to start where you are now and like be proud of where you are now. And yeah.
1: That's why I think the whole one minute journaling exercise is so crazy magical because you can, when you do, I mean, I love Instagram. I really do. Like I'm like a social media. Like I do. I just, I find inspiration in it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't used to be that way for sure. I would look through and be like, well, why is she getting this and why is she further along and why is this happening and why is this? And like her words are so elegantly spoken and, you know woven together and I just want to keep reading her stuff why isn't mine like that why am I doing this and like the spiral goes on and on and on but when you take the time to get in tune with yourself you don't you start to care less like you start to see inspiration in that person rather than a situation where you're like oh I'm not as good as her you start to be like oh look at where she started Ooh, look at how far I can go mm-hmm and and I can be my own version of that Mm -hmm. and sometimes you even look at those and you don't even you you have no connection to it because you're like I'm inspired by what she's done for herself I don't want to be there yeah I want to be in a different direction but I'm just I'm inspired by her because this is the work she's done you know or he for that matter yeah
0: right or he there's male yogis there's male (laughs) male awesome people I think that's true and I think you can look at people too it's a blessing too, to have people that are further along than you, because how the hell else would you truly know tips and tricks and ways to continue on? Like if you have people who are so far ahead of you and have figured shit out, like obviously, yeah, you want to figure your own stuff out and your path isn't going to be exactly what someone else's is. But you can take what they've learned and what they know and use that to help you rather than to put yourself down and it just requires sure. like a little mindset shift around it
1: exactly and i think unfortunately um we have been taught to compare and contrast in a negative way we've never used it as inspiration very few of us I should say there are people I have met people that have been taught that like her success is just lifting you higher um but very very few and far between I would say and unfortunately we have to make that shift for ourselves it's not something that's taught to us and you know it, it comes with not just like the mental health aspect but even when you look at um Movement in a certain way, like how much somebody can overhead squat, is not. It doesn't di- diminish your value mm-hmm. because you can squat less. Mm-hmm. And again, when you get triggered by those feelings, I think if you can take the minute to actually be like, okay, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Because quite frankly, when you do connect to yourself, whether or not I can overhead squat a hundred pounds or five hundred pounds doesn't matter. Mm-mm like literally could not matter less how many pounds I can squat. Maybe if I was competing yeah. in something, it would potentially matter to me. And then I would, you know, look at it as like, okay, where am I coming? Where am I coming from? Okay. I'm scared about the next competition. I'm scared about this person being able to do more. How can I, like what areas can I work on? What small areas can I connect to so that I can have a better range of motions so that I can get that, easier and you know move along but at the end of the day unless you're in that setting what how much I squat how much I deadlift doesn't compared to you does not matter whatsoever what matters is that I'm going in and doing the movement and I'm connecting to the right muscles and I'm carving out the time for myself and I'm doing all that stuff and I think people just lose that Mm -hmm. They again, that disconnection from themselves disconnects them from the fact that they're doing something great from for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because you lose. It's like I brought it up in the beginning. We never said it again, but you lose your power. You you lose your power, and you're giving your identity away. It's I love the overhead squat example because I dig working out, and I'm totally into that scene. But it's so true like yesterday I was doing a workout and like it I had an expectation for it and that expectation wasn't met and then I got very frustrated and I like took myself on a walk which I tend to do it's like walking meditation is better than seated meditation for me and I was just like okay am I really that upset that like I couldn't do these handstand walks unbroken and when i really thought about it and talked to myself it comes down to the fact that like i was upset because the fact that i couldn't do them unbroken made me feel i don't want to use the term unworthy but it's almost like that it's like my worthiness for so long came from being able to do these things in the gym but when i could step back and recognize it's like okay it doesn't matter that on Wednesday night, I couldn't do these handstand walks. It's actually how I feel about myself. And it's like, where's my worthiness coming from? And I had to turn it around and be like, no, look at all these other things that I'm doing. So I'm not spending as much time in the gym and like talking to myself and coming back into my body and actually realizing why I'm feeling what I'm feeling instead of, being pissed about the fact that I couldn't do something in the gym. So I totally relate to that and I think that there are probably a bunch of people who can agree. And it's when you give your power up and you give your identity away to things that you're doing rather than keeping it inside yourself that you end up feeling these feelings externally.
1: Exactly. And and being able to actually connect to to like what the root of that feeling is is I think probably one of the most powerful tools you could have mm-hmm. in your arsenal. for where like I love lifting weights. I, I do, I think most people see me as like a yogi. And I, it's funny because I came to yoga from the very much the flip side of mm-hmm. it. Like I mentioned earlier, I was like, yeah, if, if you do any woo-woo in this class, I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I, I like, mm-hmm. um, I've definitely come to appreciate Marriage of the two as like a better way to move. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, being able to, when I get to a certain number or I get to whatever, not give myself like a check mark, like, yes, you are worth it because you got 10 squats at this amount. And instead, just being like, yes, you moved today. And it felt really good. And as a result, you feel even better. Mm -hmm. Like, perfect example this morning um, TMI, (laughs) but. Um, I got my time of the month yeah. and I decided that no I planned out a workout and I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter how I feel, I'm going to do it. So I started off with sprints. Terrible idea. <laughs> for me but, <laughs> it sounds <you> know, terrible. <laughs> there's a lot of people that like they are they can do whatever and and it's even people that I know that are connected. It's not just like they're shutting their system off and they're doing it because and and i would have in the past been the person that shut her system Mm -hmm. off and just did it um and that's what i started the workout at i was like okay well i decided i'm running uphill sprints so that's what i'm doing and i cranked out five of them like my plan said i got off the treadmill and i literally was like i need 15 minutes Mm -hmm. And I sat down for 15 minutes, which I would, if this was me five or six years ago, let me tell you, I would not have sat down. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, no, you plan this workout. This is what you're doing. This is what's happening. Don't waste your time in the gym. You have something to do at 11 o'clock, so get to it. And instead, I was like, no, I need 15 minutes. And I sat down on the bench, and I put on a slow playlist, and I just chilled there for probably about 15 minutes, I didn't get as much as I needed done of my workout, or like as much as I thought I needed done of my workout. But that doesn't matter. Mm -mm. What matters is that I moved today. And if I look at myself years in the past, when I was on that yo-yo system of doing it for two weeks, and then off, that would have been my breaking point. Mm. I would have been like, oh, I can't do it. And I would have maybe crammed through like a little bit more of a workout, then I would have given up. And then I would have went home, and I probably would have been off the bandwagon for at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, because I understand where that feeling is coming from, I understand that my energy is lower because of my time of the month, Mm -hmm. and you know, like if you look at it from a science base, like like,
0: hormonally, that's just that's we're supposed to chill.
1: (laughs) And instead, I took it a little bit slower, and now, yeah, like I'm I'm a little bit more sore from the sprints than I intended to be, but at the end of the day. I'm going back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And this happens every once in a while where I need that check of like, you decided you wanted to push this. Well, that's not going to happen today. And knowing my body well enough allows me not to hit that burnout point, but allows me to take a break and then re begin Mm -hmm. in that within a reasonable amount of time. If that makes
0: sense. No, it totally makes sense. And it all starts with like one minute of journaling and it starts with the baby steps. Yeah. And I, I just totally agree with that. And I see where you're coming from. And I think that I too can relate to like telling myself to take 15 minutes to sit down and slowing down and how important that can be amidst the resistance that we have to just keep going and going and going and going. Um, so to wrap up a little bit if besides the one minute of journaling if there are people listening that like they want to slow down and they want to get more in tune with their body and they dig the one minute journal idea but maybe they want some other sort of actionable advice do you have anything else you would like to share with them on how they can maybe start their journey to taking their power back and knowing themselves more
1: I'm really tempted to like <clears throat> ramble on a, lo- a long list. <laughs> but I think, unfortunately, it's not the sexy answer, mm-hmm. right? Like it's much sexier to be like, oh yes, you're gonna eat this type of food for this many days and you're gonna do that and then like everything will be fixed. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's not, the more you add to your plate, the more appealing it looks to the outside world, Mm -hmm. but the less likely you are to succeed. And we are doing this work for ourselves, not for like what it's going to look like on Instagram. (laughs) And for I mean, like I've totally been there and like, I like the pretty pictures. I like the Instagram, but at the end of the day, we're not doing the work so that on Instagram, we could be like today I had a smoothie and today I did the journaling and today I did the whatever it we're doing it so that it can be sustainable. And I will give you a list of a few things that I think are really beneficial. Mm -hmm. I also really, really want to stress that I think one at a time is more than enough. And do the one, if you choose the one minute of journaling, then do the one, like be all in and do that for 30 to 60 days. And if you want to journal for longer on any given day, that's fine. Give yourself that freedom. Like don't, if your timer goes off for one minute, be like, nah, done middle of a sentence, (laughs) peace. Um, If you feel pulled to do it for five to 10 minutes or whatever, do it, but only set yourself that expectation of that one minute. And even if you sit down for that one minute and you write today's date and you stare at a blank sheet, stare at a blank sheet, but do it for one minute. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I think would be really beneficial to people is to take The time to really get into their bodies, I think that we, a lot of us do while we're at the gym, I would say, because our body also forces us to listen if we're moving and at a heavy pace, right? Whether it's lifting, whether it's running, whether it's whatever, um, our body's like, hey, listen, like my my quads, they're speaking to me. But I mean, outside of the gym. So when you come home while you're making your smoothie, like do a couple butt clutches. And see like the difference between the two sides see what's happening is like one side way weaker does one side engage on the bottom instead of the top does you know like feel into your feet feel into the ground how evenly distributed is your weight how level are your shoulders compared to one another are you constantly leaning on one leg these are all things that we do as a society and a lot of the time we just copy if you look at like walking patterns and movement patterns, 99.9% of the time, you walk like your mother or father because that's how you learn to walk. You move like your mother or father or whoever primary caregiver in the situation, the person you saw the most a lot of the time. And it's because we don't take a walking course, mm-hmm. we just watch somebody and copy and do, and therefore we start to use overuse underuse abuse muscles in the same way they do and unfortunately if you look at it if your mother has back problems and your back is starting to hurt most people are like oh it's genetics (laughs) is it so or is it movement patterns that you learned from your mother and she learned from her mother and she and you're just passing it down Mm -hmm. and you think it's genetics because that's you it in your family history for how many years yeah right oh my dad had knee problems i totally get knee problems
0: <laughs> really <Isn't, laughs> is that doesn't so? your dna just say that
1: <laughs> yeah which i there are certain like diseases and and like changes in the dna that yeah there are genetic components but it's much less than we think
0: mm-hmm. yeah so it's if i'm understanding correctly it's not so much like clenching your butt to notice an imbalance so that you can alter your workout when you go to the gym. It's just noticing your body, like bringing awareness to your body and how you're moving and how you're feeling. And you don't even have to do anything with that awareness, but just become more aware. Yeah.
1: And on the flip side, Side of that, in the best way possible, I find that when you become more aware, it does change your workout, but don't go in with that goal, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you notice that your one side is imbalanced to the other side, chances are eventually, next time you do lunges, you're gonna be like, oh, let me squeeze this a little differently today. Yeah, and it will transition, but you have to do it slowly again, not the sexy thing,
0: <laughs> no, but the best things. I'm said the best things aren't sexy, which isn't always true. Some of the best <laughs> things, right, <laughs> she raised her hand that's so funny. Yeah, i <laughs> been over here, you know, but um no, I think that some of the best advice and the biggest things that we can do for ourselves start with totally non-sexy personal small steps. Yeah. So anybody listening, get yourself a journal, squeeze your butt while you're making your dinner. This is easy shit and you can be on your way to being more in touch with your body. If people want to learn more, to hear from you, to check out your YouTube yoga channel, where can they find you?
1: So you can find me on sweat and yoga, um, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, but you can, the easier link is sweat forward slash TV. Um, and then Sanchana S A Y on Instagram. Yeah, those are all basically all the platforms i'm on i don't really do the twitter thing
0: it's too much right i don't tweet either uh i feel like i did back in high school and when i go back i'm just like what was i even saying like this isn't worth getting back on <laughs> but yes <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, i feel like i need to decide to go on twitter like i need to rechange everything. everything yes just, delete delete time.
0: all my 16 year old posts and then come back to it <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. This is awesome. We will definitely have to do it again.
1: For sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much
0: fun. Yes, absolutely. And thanks everybody for listening. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you comment. Like let us know what you think. Hit me up with questions. Uh I will reach out to her if you have questions through me to give to her. We're here for you. We want to help you. And we hope that you learned something today. All right until next time
1: yeah